Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Thanks so much for tuning into my show, America Can We Talk. Today, we're going to talk about the Democrats sabotaging deportations. If no deportations, what do we do then? Are Ilhan Omar's views anti-American? Ayan Hirsi Ali versus Ilhan Omar. Trump versus Ilhan Omar. And finally, dangerous anti-Americanism is trendy. Stay tuned. Debbie Georgiatis, host of America Can We Talk, is an author, attorney, and political analyst whose mission is to inspire the American political conversation about preserving liberty in the best country on earth. And hello again, and thanks again for tuning in to America Can We Talk and to today's first five. It's Monday, so this is Deep Dive Monday. We're really going to be talking today and the whole show pretty much about uh, immigration-related issues, immigration, citizenship, and the deportations. But I'm going to start with the first five today. You likely saw that ICE is beginning actual deportation efforts over this past weekend. They began doing this. and. The people being deported, to be clear, are those who have already exhausted all of their legal remedies in our immigration system. They are the recipients of a final deportation order. They've already made all their arguments. They've had a judge look at their case. They are people who were told, you have no right to be here. You need to leave. You, are, you have a final deportation order. And their response, that lawful or, or order, was to go into hiding. These are the people who are now being rounded up by ICE and deported. I want to make just lay that out just to say I think it especially helps put the light on how wrong it is what is happening on the Democrat side. In particular, three members of the U.S. Congress, Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, along with Ilhan Omar and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, are actually handing out hints, putting out publicly, handing out hints, helping people subject to final deportation orders who've already had their cases heard, having these people be told by these members of Congress, here's how you can stand up for yourself, here's how you can hide, here's how you can prevent being deported. They are taking the side of people illegally staying in America as against the side of having any kind of enforceable immigration law in this country. Specifically, Nancy Pelosi put out a statement where she essentially told people that they needed to be, they didn't have to open the door. If ICE shows up at your door, you don't have to let them in, even if they have a final an ICE deportation warrant, because all the ICE deportation warrant does is says, if they find you out and about, like you leave your home or your apartment, then you can be stopped, arrested by ICE, and deported. But she's saying if they come knock on your door and they don't have a regular search warrant from a traditional court, you don't have to let them in. She's encouraging people, the Speaker of the U.S. House is encouraging people who have no legal right to be here, who've already exhausted all of their legal rights in our immigration system, encouraging them to not cooperate with the uh, immigration authorities. Same kind of statements out of Representative Ohan, um, Ilhan Omar, as well as Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez had a tweet out, um, ICE will launch raids across 10 major cities this Sunday. Check your neighbors. Know your rights. Remember, no one can enter your home without a judicial warrant. Ilhan Omar put out a similar uh, tweet and notice, and she added to it, every person 
This is Omar, Ilhan Omar, member of the U.S. Congress. Every person, including undocumented Americans, which is an oxymoron, if you're undocumented, you're not an American. Undocumented American Americans has rights if they are approached by ICE. These raids will dehumanize immigrants and tear families apart. They will not make our country any stronger. It will only traumatize children, destroy lives, and make our country less safe. My friends, the idea that members of the U.S. Congress are encouraging people with no legal right to be here, who've had their legal case heard, who've been told they have no path to citizenship at this time, they have no right to be here, and these members of Congress, including the Speaker of the House, are telling them, you know, don't cooperate, hide out, maybe you won't get caught. This is front and center. This is the Democrat Party looking American, the American citizenry, the American people in the eye and saying, we don't care about the law. We don't care about whether citizenship as a status exists. We don't care about the immigration law. We don't care about the system. We support the right of anyone who feels like being here to be here. This, my friends, is a very, very dangerous time, a dangerous mindset for the American left to have that says it just simply doesn't matter what our citizenship laws say. If you want to be here, we're going to do everything we can think of to keep you here. And it is one reason, in my opinion, the Democrat Party is losing favor with the American public, will not prevail in the 2020 presidential elections, and may not even hold on to the majority in the U.S. House because America is finally waking up to recognize the Democrat Party has no respect for the concept of citizenship, which ultimately means no respect for the concept of America. And that, my friends, is today's first five. The next thing I want to talk to you about, you know, um, I had this idea of calling this segment, if no deportations, uh, then what? I want to remind you all the ways in which the American left, in addition to blocking deportations, what they have been doing to, uh, to impact the American public's view about deportations, about the border, and about um, what immigration laws, if any, should exist. But I'm going to start first with a clip. This is a clip of a CNN panel, so you know you're in trouble. CNN panel, Andrew Gillum, uh, who's the, the only person in the panel I'm going to play, is a short clip of his. The question was essentially about the ICE raids upcoming, where they are removing people from, the, from their um, homes and sending them out of the country, deporting them because they have no right to be here. I want you to hear the messaging from Andrew Gillum. Well, he's not running to the right. I mean, this president... Uh, through these actions is literally terrorizing people. Uh, I said an extra prayer this morning for the mother and the child and the family who are right now crunched in a bathroom or they're terrified of going to the door or they couldn't go to church this morning because they are terrified of what will happen if they exited the door. Uh, you got kids who are terrified that they may come home and their parents won't be there. Um, these are human lives and there, there is nothing about this that is a strategy other than an electoral one. This president has decided that the way to victory is to demonize black and brown people, in this case, brown people, and people who speak a different language or maybe from a different country of origin. Um, uh, we're talking about millions of people here, and there is, in my opinion, uh, only one effect here, and that is to terrify his base against uh, folks who look like the folks that they showed in cages the other day. My biggest fear, quite frankly, is the effect that this is going to have, the very traumatizing <clears throat> effect that this is going to have for people of color all across the country, all for a political stunt. Folks, that is so obnoxiously outrageous. And I want to play it for you because I want to really hone in on what exactly is the Democrats' opposition to enforcing final deportation orders? 
What's the reason to oppose this? It is like opposing somebody finally going to jail after they've been through, uh, having gone through grand jury, they're getting a charge, going to a jury trial, being found guilty, appealing their case all the way as high as, to the highest court they can get it to, getting a final order from the system. Yes, you actually are guilty of bank robbery or whatever, and so now you have to go to jail. And they're acting like it is a racist step for the person to finally be picked up and placed in jail, or in this case, someone who has exhausted all of their remedies in our deportation or immigration system. They have a final deportation order, and he's trying to tell America, this guy, Andrew Gillen, if you didn't recognize his name, he was the Demo one of the Democrat candidates, uh, the Democrat candidate for Florida's governor uh, last time. Huge, very close ties with the very radical left, very socialist left, uh, endorsed by uh, socialists all over this country, by the so whatever they're called, the Democrat Socialists of America. He tried to, you know, dance around and pretend that's not really me. He's a radical leftist, and he's trying to tell America that the reason Trump is engaging in actual removal of people with no legal right to be here is because he's trying to scare his to scare people, to terrorize people who, by the way, got a deportation order and decided to hide out in America instead of leave. And he's also trying to incite people of color to believe that the only reason the president possibly has to begin the actual deportation process is because he's trying to stir up the GOP base against people of color. It is an outrageous, unjustified, obnoxious accusation. Just, just could not be more low, just just beneath the dignity, doesn't even belong in, in the American political conversation. But this is how low the Democrats will go. This is how low. To claim that if you actually impose deportation orders and then remove people, that you must be a villainous racist with, with intentions to stir up racial hatred in this country. And keep in mind, this is the same party, to be really clear, the party that won't fund the wall, that complains about the existence of, the, of any detention center that makes up lie after lie after lie after lie about the detention centers, even when they're confronted with the truth, when pictures are out, when the Hispanic Sheriff's Association tours the detention facilities and say, these, these things aren't true, when all sorts of public figures tour the facilities, they keep telling America the Democrats are making this stuff up and they keep it up. The American left has no interest in having a clear line between citizenship and non-citizenship. They have no interest in getting to the point where we actually have our immigration system back under control, that everyone in this country is either a citizen or has some legal right to be here. This is, a, this is why I say it's a very dangerous time. They do not care about the concept of citizenship. They do not care about the idea that we have laws in place, that these people got their process, got their due process, went through the system, and they're just basically saying anyone who is here ought to get to stay, and anyone who tries to make them leave because they have no legal right to be here must be a villainous racist. And the other uh, two interesting last points on this, this with how the Democrats are dealing with the whole a deportation process. One is the restaurants around America have been, all these restaurant associations, the California Restaurant Association, the Illinois, a bunch of other ones, sending out notices to their restaurants to, to in turn have the restaurants ask them, asking the restaurants to tell their employees, by the way, 
yeah, you know, these actually these ICE raids are coming. They're going to do deportation and telling again these people, here's how to hide, here's how to avoid it, here's what you can do if you don't really want, you know, if if, uh, if they knock on your door, you don't have to let them in. This is a very concerted effort, and it really p- uh, shines a light on how serious and consequential this actual effort to clean up our immigration system to figure out again in America who has who has legal right to be here and who's living here with no legal right to be here. Actual restaurant associations, business owners, are so used to employing illegal aliens, probably not paying them sufficiently, but illegally, but employing illegal aliens, that their reaction to, oh, the government's going to actually enforce immigration law, is a quick try to warn all of their restaurants around the country to give a warning and turn to their employees, here's how to hide out, here's how to avoid it. It is going to be a very big adjustment to um, to the uh, immigration system in our country, to our employment structure, to have America again get back on track with just having a basic lawful sense of who is entitled to be here or not. One last point on this, ICE's reaction, one of the things they did recently, I think it was actually about three or four weeks ago, ICE put out a list, a detailed descriptive list of the kinds of crimes committed by illegal aliens who were in the custody of some law enforcement entity in sanctuary cities and sanctuary states, but because the sanctuary city, sanctuary state, the police, the sheriff's department did not cooperate with ICE, did not turn the people over to ICE, the people were released back into the community and they put out a list, name, date, and then crimes committed by these people who could have been turned over to custody of ICE, deported from our country. Instead, these do-good left-wing jurisdictions in this country protected the illegal aliens, and they went out indeed, and the list of crimes are so heinous and so despicable and so disgusting. I, I was going to run through a list of them, but actually I'll just summarize by saying we're talking about dismemberment murders. We're talking about multiple murders. We're talking about serious, repeated uh, sexual assaults and rape committed by people who could have been turned over to ICE by sheriff's departments, by police departments, if we only lived in a country where we all could agree that the law matters. But apparently we don't. The American left has become just embedded with the idea that having, just emboldened by the idea that having any immigration laws at all are somehow unfair. And the next thing. The next topic I want to turn to today, um, you know, there was a lot of uh, ongoing today even, uh, kerfuffle, uh, battle between uh, Representative Ilhan Omar um, and uh, various people. And so uh, I want to start with Representative Ilhan Omar, uh, as you likely know her name. She is the uh, Democrat candidate, um, I'm sorry, Democrat elected member of U.S. Congress from uh, Minnesota. She is a Somalian Muslim refugee. She is the first uh, person to wear the uh, Islamic um, headdress in Congress. She's the first member, uh, first woman uh, Muslim who's been a member of Congress. And so she has been uh, controversial because since she arrived, not because she of her necessarily because of her skin color, 
not because of her ethnicity and not even really because of her religion. She has been uh, in the headlines, in the news, because of the kinds of things she says. And I, I'm setting up, we're going to get around to talking today about the tweet that President Trump set out, the series of tweets that so enraged the American left uh, related to Ilhan Omar and others, but Ilhan Omar is the main one. But I want to start with just talking with you about Ilhan Omar and the kinds of things that she has said to make the argument that we need to begin to be able in this country to go beyond discussing, well, Democrats think this, Republicans think this, liberals think this, conservatives think this, you know, left wing, right wing. We need to begin to be able to discuss the concept of what it means to be American, what it means to stand up for American values, and then what it means if you are opposed to those values, is it fair to call you anti-American or un-American? Because in my view, the views that Ilhan Omar embraces, holds, spews forth relentlessly are simply un-American. And it's really important to understand she's not just a left-winger who believes in bigger government, although she is very clearly uh, Marxist-leaning. If you watched my show a few weeks ago, we had a clip from a congressional hearing in which a pastor was testifying about the notion that a woman pastor was testing about the notion that she thought that the uh, U.S. government should, uh, how she thought they should allocate government resources in terms of uh, welfare or assistance to cities and low-income people. And uh, she was basically saying that it's better to, you know, to encourage people to become self-reliant, self-sufficient. She told her life story. And Ilhan Omar, in the most brazen, ugly, vicious attack imaginable, launched into this pastor, mocking her, a woman pastor who happened to be black also, mocking her for choosing life when she faced an unplanned pregnancy, mocking her for her self-reliance, mocking her for making a success out of herself, and mocking her for suggesting that maybe we don't do such a great service to people, allowing them to live in perpetual reliance on government. Ilhan Omar, at the core, is a very left-wing, I'd call her a socialist or even a Marxist. She's got that, that you know, what ongoing, uh, growing blending in this country between Marxist thinking and Islamic thinking. But I digress. Back to her. Ilhan Omar, I want to just play, to start with, a clip. This is a, a clip from Ilhan Omar. Uh, when she spoke at a... Um, at a, uh, I can't remember what kind of thing it was. She Anyway, she spoke at a, um, uh, an event. let me have, go ahead. And, oh, it was, oh, yeah, 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 it does matter. She spoke at Netroots. Netroots, very left-wing, very radical group. Here's Ilhan Omar speaking recently on a panel at Netroots Nation. Something that I, I get criticized for all the time. It's not what you think, so don't, like, <laughs> don't gasp. Um, it is that like, I, I am anti-American because I, I criticize the, the United States. And I, I, I believe, as an immigrant, I probably love this country more than anyone that is naturally born. And because I am ashamed of it continuing to live in its, the hypocr its hypocrisy, that I work so hard to make sure that others who've had um, that, like, why, just be American, why don't you be more like an American, can continue to say that. Why can't you be more like an American? Because it, it used to be a very positive thing. 
um, we export American exceptionalism, the great America, the land of liberty and justice. That is, you know, if you ask anybody in uh, walking on the side of the street somewhere in the middle of the world, they will tell you America the great. But we don't live those values here. Um, and so that hypocrisy is one that I'm bothered by. I want America the great to be America the great. Okay. That was Johanna Mar again at this Netroots Nation uh, panel. And I want to just run through, and I'm talking about how extremely troublesome her attitude, her views are. I'm going to run through just one very minor thing, which the idea that she thinks she loves America more than people born, who are naturally born here is so brazenly um, just absurd and self-important and self-aggrandizing and, and, and morally superior and virtue signaling. She doesn't even understand America, which we're going to get to in a moment. But this idea, uh, this is Ilhan Omar, who's made numerous anti-Semitic statements over and over and over and over. She hates the Jewish people. She hates Israel. She makes obnoxious comments all the time. Once in a while, she's been forced to quasi back backpedal and quasi apologize. But usually she'll even tag on to one of her apologies, something along the lines that she's being picked on because she happens to be a Muslim immigrant. Uh, and, and she gets a special and unfair scrutiny for the kinds of things she says. But she's stridently anti-Semitic, you know, stridently anti-Jewish, stridently anti-Israel. Um, she also Refer, re repeatedly refers to America as a not great, as you heard her just say, I, I probably love the country more than anyone, uh, but I'm ashamed of it continuing to live in its hypocrisy. And I got to tell you, folks, this is something we're going to hit on the show over and over today, but it is one thing for anyone in this country, in fact, anyone in this country would say America is not perfect. Yeah, we're not perfect. We have problems. We don't have a perfect system. We don't have a perfect healthcare system. We don't have a perfect system of laws. We sometimes make mistakes. We have courts that make mistakes. We have judges that make mistakes. We have laws that should be changed. Everyone recognizes America is not perfect. But her worldview, and I'm going to get to more of the kinds of things she has said in very, very recent days, her view is she gets to mock ridicule, scorn America, never, never giving credit for the enormous blessing America has provided to her. She is in America because she was a Somalian refugee attacked by other, at the you know, mercy of being attacked by other Muslims in Somalia, sent to a horrific uh, refugee camp in Kenya where she was very poor. And then in Kenya, she was ultimately, offer, her family offered the opportunity to come to America. She came to America. We're going to get into more details in a moment. She's been blessed with, she's from a, from a, just an impoverished Kenyan refugee camp, a refugee camp for Somalians in Kenya, to a member of the U.S. Congress, and all she does is bash America over and over and over again. At some point, you're allowed to call that anti-American. At some point, you're allowed to say that. That is not simply she is saying, we have improvements to make, I think the law should change, I think this and that should be the law. She's not saying that. She is just at the gut level saying she is she is disgusted with America, she's turned off by it. Um, and she even said it used to be a great thing, but it's not a positive thing anymore to be uh, called an American because Americans don't live their values. Let me just tell you a little bit about the kinds of things she said, because it, this all matters when we get around to understanding 
the core, the, uh, the, what was behind what President Trump uh, knew about her at the time he tweeted things which have been uh, you know, criticized heavily in the media. But let me just go back to her story. She describes when she was in Kenya in the refugee camp, Ilhan Omar, that she, well, after they finally found out they got to come to America, uh, they were actually brought to, um, to a, a center where they were able to learn a little bit about America. They saw a video of America, how great America is. You know, she'd never been there. She was a kid. And, you know, they have, as she describes it, they have the suburbia and neatly mowed lawns and nice-looking houses. And so this is what America is. It's all like this. Okay. She starts out, she, re, let me back up and tell you, she gave a speech recently um, at a high school, I believe it was in, yeah, in Minneapolis, Richfield High School, to 400 students. She told these students, as this person who's come from a Somalian background, a Kenyan refugee camp, to a member of Congress, she got her college education in America, she had her high school education, her college education, her, her kickoff into uh, politics in Minnesota, and so her message is, she thought America was going to be a big-hearted country, but America is not the big-hearted big country uh, that saved her from brutal war, and she said she was disappointed like so many refugees were. She said, I grew up in an un extremely unjust society. The only thing that made my family excited about coming to the U.S. was that the U.S. was supposed to be a country that guaranteed justice to all. So I feel it's necessary for me to speak up about that promise not being kept. She went on and on describing America's racist, cruel, and unjust. In particular, she told a story to these high school students about having, in a previous job in Minnesota, she was sent to review the court. She was working for some, a city councilman. And she told about going to the courts, watching a court proceeding in Minneapolis in which a grandmother, an African-American woman, a grandmother, was brought in front of the judge and she'd been in jail for a weekend over stealing a $2 loaf of bread because her five-year-old granddaughter was starving and the judge imposed an $80 penalty on this woman that she couldn't pay. And so Ilhan Omar, so full of outrage, she jumped up in the middle of the courtroom and yelled, bull, you know, S. And, and so she's just, you know, she's this virtue signaling out the wazoo. How proud am I? I stood up. I said this was unjust. Afterwards, she's asked, what the heck are you talking about? That didn't even happen. In, in Minneapolis, the only thing that happens to people who are shoplifters, they're sent to a three-hour uh, class. She ended up saying, I, I might have not gotten the story right. The details might not have been all matched, but that's what I remember. She made up a story about the injustice, and it would be an absurd injustice if it were true. It had nothing to do with reality. But this is the kind of thing she does over and over and over. You're entitled to be outraged about that. You're entitled to say, this woman is anti-American. She's trying to plant the seeds of hating America in the minds of these high school students she was speaking to. Okay, so back to her uh, eventual uh, venturing to the United States. She goes to watch this movie uh, in Nairobi about how great America is. She sees pristine suburbs, perfect lawns, blah, blah. And then she gets here and she discovers that, you know, they got to America and she said I learned I was the extreme other I was black I was Muslim I also learned I was extremely poor so she's instead of being recognizing she had the opportunity to come to America and be embraced in America they live in New York City for a while they moved to this uh, community in Minneapolis because it's heavily Muslim and and they 
I guess they thought they'd feel more at home there, but she's complaining about how she's treated because she's black, she's Muslim, and, and she's poor. Instead of recognizing she got the opportunity to go to school, to get her degree, to finish high school, finish college, so she went on and on complaining about this. She had her, she had her first child age 20, got her degree, you know, kept moving forward, but her complaints go on with things uh, about her life, such as, she's, and these are the kinds of things when I tell you that she says anti-American things, it's okay to see her this way. In March of this year, at a banquet for the Council on American-Islamic Relations, CARE, and again, I'll remind you, go back to these shows, videos, you can find videos, we've talked about this, CARE, the Council on Islamic, uh, American-Islamic Relations, is Hamas. CARE is Hamas in America. CARE is not, as this article describes, a Muslim civil rights group. It is directly tied to Muslim terror. That's what CARE is. It's a cover. It's a front for Hamas. So she's speaking at CARE. She described the September 11th attack as CARE was founded after 9-11, which wasn't even true, because they recognized that some people did something. That's her description of 9-11. And so this was the one Trump kind of said, wait a minute, that's more than some people did something. That was a pretty big thing they did. So she finishes her speech complaining about the horrible injustice that Muslims receive in this country and tells this group, uh, uh, this CARE audience, raise hell, make people uncomfortable. She actually, uh, in May, she um, had allies held a rally on her behalf in front of the U.S. Capitol. And she, she was talking about how just she was so grateful to be supported by these radical leftists um, on the stage, including Angela Davis in front of the U.S. Capitol. And her statement to the to the public, reported in the media, was this is not going to be the country of white people. This is not going to be the country of the few. This is her characterization. No one on the right is trying to make America the country of the white. She wants people who are ignorant to think that that's what Republicans and Trump and conservatives want, is a country that's white. This is the endless, insidious effort of the American left, including Ilhan Omar, to plant seeds of fear and doubt in the minds of people of color in this country, to, so they will think, gee, I don't know, Ilhan Omar said that, you know, well, we got to fight so that we don't become a country of, of white people. No one is arguing for a country of white people. No one. It is Ilhan Omar and her left-wing ilk trying to make ignorant people think that's what the, the right is up to. She went on after that. There, I mean, there are numerous things when people say that she's, uh, she's anti-American. She wrote a letter on behalf of some Somali refugees um, who were arrested and prosecuted and convicted for their effort to join ISIS. These are Somalian refugees who have been welcomed to this country, and their thank you to America to be welcomed to this country and educating our schools and living in the neighborhoods and, and some of them on welfare is to try to sign up with ISIS to go kill uh, American citizens, American uh, soldiers over with ISIS. They got caught trying to sign up with ISIS. They got prosecuted. She wrote a letter on their behalf. Come on, these are just young people. They just got a little mixed up. Let's, let's not fool with that. So there are just, you know, there's, there's one more thing I'll share with you. I just, I want to make clear that the idea that people rea react to Ahan Omar with anger and frustration is not because of race. It's not because of her religion. Some people live in this country and who are Muslim who do not do the things she does who do not say the things she says, who do not act the way she does, who do not speak up for at care and minimize the attacks on America on 9-11. I think there was one more thing I was going to hit that she had engaged in. Um, 
Oh, just at a recent thing. She told at a recent speech she was complaining about Republicans and, and you know, which is typical, but she ended up telling, she spoke at a veterans group and said that 45% of veterans are forced to live on food stamps on military families. 45% of military families are forced to rely on food stamps because Republicans don't care about taking care of the military. The actual number is under 5%. She just makes stuff up to attack the other side. This is not in the ballpark of political debate, you know, left things, right things. This is flat out lies to alienate people against America. So Ilhan Omar, the the just notorious anti-Semite, numerous anti-Semitic statements, um, and, and, you know, just anti-American, putting America down in all sorts of contexts, and then trying to say that she thinks her view should have equal value or merit in the eyes of all of America, and they don't. It's okay to listen to her words and recognize she does not support the America that we all love, which has nothing to do with skin color. She doesn't support it. And another kind of related point on this about Ilhan Omar, what she thinks and how she thinks about America, has to do with a, a there was a beautiful, great piece written by um, Ayan Hirsi Ali. And if you don't know that name, Ayan Hirsi Ali uh, is a former, she grew up, she is a uh, black, she's a black woman. She grew up in Somalia. She's a Somalian native. She's a former Muslim. And Ayan Hirsi Ali, wrote a piece in the Wall Street Journal about Ilhan Omar. You can find it on our website, americacanwetalk.org. There's a link to it on our website. But let me just type Ilhan Omar had to, I mean, what Ayan Hirsi Ali had to say about Ilhan Omar. The first and most important point that Ayan Hirsi Ali made in countless ways in this editorial in the Wall Street Journal is that Islam at its core is profoundly anti-Semitic. It is written into the core of Islam. It's written into the Quran. It is attributed to the prophet Muhammad, the founder who can say no wrong and do no wrong in Islam, hating Jewish people. Being anti-Semitic is written into the founding of Islam. And that was one of the points that Ayan Hirsi Ali made over and over and over and over is what happens when you grow up in Somalia, you learn this. You learn this from your parents, you learn this from your community, you learn this as you go through school. And this, this, uh, this piece is just filled with real life examples. What, by the, by the way, what Ayan Hirsi Ali, what Ayan Hirsi Ali titled this piece is, Can Ilhan Omar Overcome Her Prejudice? She's validating the point that when we say Ilhan Omar is anti-Semitic, Ayan Hirsi Ali is basically saying, of course she's anti-Semitic. She's a true believing Muslim, especially one having grown up in Somalia. Of course she is. It is in the core of Islam. And her, she gave example after example. It's a brilliant piece. And it's really important to understand when people could sit back and say, well, where, why would anyone, why in particular would um, Ilhan Omar be anti-Semitic? What, what, that doesn't make any sense. Is she being unfairly accused? She's being, are people being overly dramatic? And she's saying, no, not at all. And I raise this, and what the bottom line point of Ayan Hirsi Ali's writing is, you can be, you know, and to back up on Ayan Hirsi Ali, she is no longer Muslim. She had to unlearn her anti-Semitism. She said it's so rooted in Islam, she had to unlearn it. She's spoken at places where she's told Jewish audiences, 
I was taught to hate you. I had to unlearn. I had to go past that and unlearn it. So this is where we are now. Uh, Ilhan uh, Omar is being exposed by one of the most widely respected. I'll tell you, um, Ayan Hirsi has is just a widely respected, loved, embraced. She's a, she's a great author. She's written many, many books trying to explain to America the Islamic teachings that are threatening America's future. So, you know, when people try to say, well, Trump or Republicans are picking on Representative Ilhan Omar because she's black, no, no, that's a lie. People don't like what Ilhan Omar believes. Her, her just, you know, her anti-Semitism, her just mocking of America, they're tired of it. And when you recognize the great respect so many Americans, conservatives especially have uh, for Ayan Hirsi you understand it's not about race, it's about what Ilhan Omar believes. Okay, I'm gonna try to hit uh, one more thing. Trump uh, got himself in trouble with some people uh, with his tweets about um, Ilhan Omar. He was basically tweeting out just saying, and you know, in Trump-esque fashion, he, um, on his tweet said something essentially he said you know why don't these people who hate America so much like Ilhan Omar if they hate America so much and they come from these horrible countries why don't they go back there and fix those countries then they can come here and tell us how to run ours and it's a really interesting thing because Ilhan Omar goes out of her way to call herself Trump's worst enemy. She likes that label. She has it on an embroidered, uh, you know, tapestry hanging in the wall of her office. Is that basically something along the line? I am Trump's worst enemy. She wants to bait Trump. She's trying to do that. So Trump has him tweet out basically all that Ilhan Omar says. Um, you know, he basically said, if you're that unhappy and you hate America this much, why don't you go back to the country you came from? And the left had to get all hysterical. How could you say that's the most outrageous thing? They're, they're all wound up. But Trump is responding to the kinds of things that uh, Ilhan, Ilhan Omar has said. I'm not saying it was the best tweet he ever put out in his entire life, but I laid the story out ahead of time to understand this is where Trump is coming from. He hears every day all this garbage that Ilhan Omar puts out. By the way, there is another clip. I didn't play it again today, but Ilhan Omar did an interview for some um, Islamic um, site where uh, it's a video. She's sitting there talking, and she was talking about having studied, studied in college Al-Qaeda, the terrorist group. And so the questioner is saying, really, you studied Al-Qaeda? You know, and, and she's telling about it in this tone, Ilhan Omar describing Al-Qaeda, and she's t this course she took understanding terrorism, and she's describing it kind of giggling the whole time and talking about how the professor, when he got around to talking Al-Qaeda, about Al-Qaeda, he seemed particularly proud. He kind of sat up straighter, and she's giggling, saying, giggling and laughing along with having taken a course about al-Qaeda, the horrific terror organization in large part responsible for 9-11, for attacking America. Now, most people understand, especially politicians, that if you're speaking in public and you're praising al-Qaeda and you're not condemning them, you're not saying this horrific terror organization that attacked America without provocation, that kills innocent people all over the world, if you don't call it that, people might think you like them. People might think that you are in support of them. This is what Ilhan Omar did in this video, which Trump then alluded to today. Trump, by the way, is not backing down at all from this tweet that's become so controversial. He's basically said, I think it was at the White House today, he's basically saying, um, you know, the um, this uh, 
Ilhan Omar thing. I mean, she she likes Al Qaeda. She prays Al Qaeda. So I got to tell you, folks, is I think these are really really important. I know these are vitally important political times in our country. I do want to urge you to think about the idea of what it is, what it means that we have a member of Congress, a member of Congress who happily praises Al Qaeda, who regularly trashes Israel, Jewish people who barely apologizes, and the entire American left can barely bring themselves to even criticize her. And she is staunchly among the more radical leftists who are very much redistributionists, want to be socialists, want to have government programs, take care of everybody. You heard that in her remarks when she had that one pastor uh, speaking, uh, testifying before the committee she was on in Congress. We covered it a few weeks ago on this show. These are dangerous times because the, the American media, the American left is so quick to get hysterical over Trump's tweet but you don't really see them putting together all the pieces I just did so you understand where this woman is coming from. She's in the United States Congress and she is as critical and disdainful of America as as an enemy of America could be. And finally today, I want to turn to this last little piece, uh, just kind of topic, it's all kind of related, but this uh, dangerous anti-Americanism on on the rise in America. And I want to just talk about what I mean about that. I do this show, America Can We Talk, to try to inspire people to realize the extraordinary and unique greatness of America, to understand that the ideas on which our country were founded were not just happenstance, they weren't thrown together one day because a bunch of people sat around and said, hey, we're tired of King George, let's just make a new country, let's make a few rules. The ideas underlying America are the most profound, unique, extraordinary in all of world history. They created the most extreme, the most extraordinary, unique, precious, uh, extreme example of, of commitment to human liberty uh, in all of world history. It's embedded in our Declaration of Independence, which we just celebrated over July 4th, and it's embedded in our Constitution and the whole idea of what America is. You can have a lot of disagreements in America. We can have, we have disagreements all the time on issues of all kinds. You know, should we do this? Should we do that? Should we stand up for this and stand against that? These are all part of the robust American political conversation that is vital and, and normal and healthy in a country to have, you know, more left-wing views, more right-wing views. But where we are today is the American left and I'm talking about not every Democrat, not your grandmother who's always voted Democrat. I'm talking about the leaders of the Democrat Party, the radical left in this country that now has a stranglehold over the Democrat Party in this country. That American left is no longer arguing things that belong on the American playing field. They do not belong there. And part of what happens is the way the left is pushing their very leftist agenda, instead of arguing for the things they want, they turn issue after issue after issue after issue into a false argument, a false accusation of racism against anyone who will not agree with them. And they inspire people, the more ignorant among us, to start to really look at America as a terribly, deeply divided country and to think that the only possible way that they, these, these uh, less than informed citizens, can possibly survive is to have the American left be given more power, more control, more uh, ability to redistribute wealth, more ability to do everything to control your lives. That's your path to freedom is let the left control you. But they really inspired a very serious, significant and unhealthy 
normalization of the idea of hating America. The left has just, it's a combination of people astonishingly ungrateful for the goodness of America, unwilling to talk about issues and say, I believe this policy, not that, should be the law, instead just to say, I'm angry because X happened or X didn't happen, and I hate America. And the examples are, are, are many. We have this um, Megan um, Rapino, the soccer team person. I think she, I don't know if she's a captain or not, but you know, the US soccer team, so proud to hate America. She says, I hate America. And by the way, one of the Democrat presidential candidates, Jay Inslee, I think he's the governor of Washington, he actually said she'd be a good secretary of state. I mean, seriously, but back to my point. There is profound growing anti-Americanism and legitimization of anti-Americanism, of hating America on the American left. You have Megan Rapinoe, the soccer person. You have Ilhan Omar inspiring people to think of America as a bad, horrible, cruel, racist, evil place when she's done nothing but benefit from this country. Uh, we have uh, Gillum, the guy you just heard, the ran for governor of Florida, uh, who is describing enforcing immigration laws as racist, as an effort to make black and brown people feel afraid to inspire a divided America. These are ugly, ugly lies about America, but they've taken hold. They've become mainstream by this American left. Colin Kaepernick has mainstreamed the idea you can't even like the flag decoration, whether they do it or want it on shoes or not. You can't like the flag as a decoration. You, you had more and more people onto this not my July 4th uh, movement. And you had the whole Democrat panel, both of them, the two nights of Democrat presidential panels up there on the stage. And most of what you heard was was just hysterical criticism of America. They are proud to be inspiring in the American people disdain for our country. That is what the left lives on. Irrational criticisms, demands for instant fixes to every problem, and a, a, a setting, a planting of the seed that says that you're supposed to hate America if you're really enlightened. And that, my friends, is my show for today. I'm going to turn just a moment to the why it matters to you part of my show. But I really want you to, I want to encourage you to think about something I'll be talking about a lot on the show. And that is what it does really mean to be American. What does that mean? I mean, everyone who has legal citizenship and lives with outside the borders of the U.S. are Americans. But what does it mean to stand up for America? What values? I mean, the left will tell you that it's, you know, radical redistribution of wealth, that, that oh, to stand up for America, you have to start, you know, seizing the wealth of the, of the wealthy, the successful, the businesses, and hand it out. You have to, you have to let everyone who ever want, wander into America's, uh, across America's southern border, anyone who's here legally can instantly become a citizen. They're touting those things as ideas that belong in America, but they don't. They don't belong in the, idea, the right idea of America. And it's incumbent on people on our side and the conservative side to be able to articulate what it does mean to be an American, what it does mean to stand up for America, which is why I do this show every day, what I try to, to inspire you to think. So today I want to turn to the, what I try to the end of every show is why these stories that we talked about today matter to you. On this uh, sab sabotaging deportations, deportation is, is basically the legally authorized consequence or remedy for violating uh, our duly elected immigration laws, duly enacted immigration laws. Every country has these kind of laws. Sabotaging legal 
legally issued deportation orders is sabotaging the rule of law in America. The remedy for unjust deportation orders, especially for these three members of Congress who are, who are doing it, sabotaging, is to change immigration laws to make them more just. But they can't do that because America actually supports the existence and the enforcement of laws controlling the entry by non-citizens into the country and legal consequences for violating those laws. The Democrats' refusal to change the laws is because they know the American people do not support their open borders agenda. So the remaining Democrat tactic, smear ICE, smear HHS, scream about concentration camps, we even get to the lies the left has talked about in the detention centers, scream about haters, calling people haters because they want to secure the border. Anil Han Omar's uh, views, are they un-American or are they not? No one is denying Omar has the right to voice her opinion. No one's stopping her. It's fair to pay attention to what she says. It's fair to ignore it. But it's also fair to respond. She doesn't have the right to say the things she says with impunity and then act hysterically offended or her supporters acting hysterically offended when people push back. A society-wide debate about what is pro-American and un-American, it will be a great and important and needed debate. These terms have to mean something in this country. Ayan Hirsi Ali versus Ilhan Omar, why it matters. Two Somalian-born black women raised in the Islamic faith, both immigrants to America. Hirsi Ali has renounced the hatred of Jews that is part of Islamic teaching, and she's renounced her religion. Uh, she's a prolific writer, I urge you to read all of her books, prolific writer, speaker in support of America. Omar still embraces the Islam that includes hatred of Jews. The stark contrast these two women is profoundly educational to all Americans who want to dive below the surface of the Twitter, get post mainstream media, get Trump, um, get past mainstream media, everything Trump does is racist, and relearn what America is. Can't urge you strongly enough to read Ayanna Hirsi-Ali's column. Why is, what it, why is anti-Americanism trendy? From Megan Rapino to Colin Kaepernick to Representative Ilhan Omar, the left is filled with characters who express disdain for America. You can love the idea of America and still criticize the shortcomings and faults and work to improve it, but many of today's leftists love to simply hate on America. Even some of the Democrat presidential candidates are participating in the frenzy of hatred for America. They are mainstreaming hate of America. This calls for conservatives and patriots to re-engage on the claiming what America is and what it's supposed to be. And that, my friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Please tune in every Monday through Thursday, 3 p.m. Central Time, right here on America Can We Talk. You can email me at americacanwetalk at gmail.com. I love talking to listeners. Love your comments on Facebook and on YouTube. Um, I'd love to have you. If you like our, our Facebook page, I appreciate that. Uh, subscribe on uh, YouTube. Follow me on Twitter at Debbie Can We Talk. And I'll talk to you tomorrow about why I matter, what, about standing up for America and why I do this show every day is because America matters. I'll talk to you tomorrow. America, can we talk truth about America? Can